Hi there, and welcome to the Higher Development Podcast with your hosts, Colton Swab and Gavin Aberatney. On this show, we'll share behind-the-scenes insights and lessons from our journeys in personal development, philosophy, mindset, and leadership. The goal with all of this is to help you integrate these various bodies of knowledge and reach a higher level of development so that you can live fully and in harmony with the world around you. Beyond learning from us, you also get insider access to experts in the fields of neuroscience, high performance, and much, much more, making this a place to learn candidly what you won't anywhere else. You can get access to the free resources we mentioned at highdevelopmentpodcast.com. So with all that said, let's get into today's episode. Hey, hey, guys, uh, welcome back to the podcast. And this one's very interesting. And it's something that I think almost everybody in a professional setting faces um, and in personal settings as well. And it's very common in you know, all walks of life. And it's something that we've had to deal with. And so, Gab, I want to start off by asking, like, what do you think um, imposter syndrome really is and where do you think it comes from? Mm, that's a great question and probably a much, um, <clears throat> probably a much deeper deeper issue and more fundamental issue than you would think, right? I think on the surface level, imposter syndrome just feels like, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough to do this. I don't know if I'm ready to do this yet. Um, but I think what imposter syndrome really is, is actually just that a sense of self, a, self, a sense of identity, a sense of one's place in the world is really not a fixed thing. Um, it's a completely variable thing that really depends on who you're talking to, who you surround yourself with, and in many respects, sometimes just how you feel about yourself in that given moment. So mm. for example, um, a lot of the time, the people who we find experience imposter syndrome are the most dedicated people to their craft. They're the ones that are really seeking out the most cutting edge, bleeding edge learnings of, of their field of expertise and are almost always, you know, constantly reinvesting in their training and development to you know, be the best in their field. Now you would assume right, that people who are doing that would be the ones who are like, you know what, I've invested so much in my field. Now I feel as though I'm ready. Um, ironically, it's actually quite the opposite that happens. Um, because if anyone, you know, if you know anything about knowing or learning, it's often that the deeper you get into a topic, the more questions you expose rather than the more yeah. answers. And true mastery is often, you know, and certainly there are, there are peaks and troughs in this. You'll get to a point, like when you're learning a language, for example, where, you know, first of all, you can say like three words and you're like, oh my God, you know, I can speak a new language. Look at me, I can order a pizza. And then mm -hmm. you get to a point in your language learning where you start to want to say different things, right? You start, want to start wanting to say much more complex things. You start wanting to ask people what they did in the past, what they plan to do in the future, what they would have done if they would have done this. You move into conditional and all this sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. And you start to feel as though you've regressed and you haven't regressed because you know less. You've regressed because you've actually leveled. You feel as though you've regressed because you've leveled up and you're mm -hmm. trying to now play a bigger game. And imposter syndrome, I feel, in our line of you know work, working with consultants, experts, and all this kind of stuff, it has the similar kind of situation where someone probably you know is well beyond the 80-20 of being able to help the average person. But mm -hmm. because they surround themselves with really people who have been doing this stuff for decades and people who are also learning, um, it creates this kind of... Uh, echo chamber where people feel as though everyone knows what they already know and they don't have really have any skill. Mm. And so I think that's actually what's going on with imposter syndrome. Because if you want to stop feeling like an imposter um, or stop feeling like, you know, there's maybe a sense of inferiority or a sense of not readiness, you know, move away from people who are in your field as committed to learning about it as you and really ask yourself the question, who doesn't know anything about the stuff that I know, mm. which is actually going to lead you to who stands to gain the most from your skills. 
Right, right. That value asymmetry of bringing the most amount of value to the people who need it the most, as opposed to like, you know, coaches trying to help other coaches who are just like, you know, that sophistication is so high that everything seems pretty dull. But for someone who's like a disembodied, you know, head on a stick lawyer working at a, you know, big firm, who's like, you know, adrenal glands look like raisins, um, you know, some life coaching is going to do them some good and it'd be something they wouldn't be used to. Uh, yeah, makes total sense. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Something I think interesting about imposter syndrome too, you're saying like that state, like the right state at the right time. I think the other uh -huh. thing is also the right story uh, at the right time, because people have this sort of imposter syndrome of, you know, what they allow themselves to do, you know, whether or not like a new behavior or a new job or a new, you know, goal or anything like this is like congruent with their own personal story, which is uh -huh. really the set of beliefs that they have about themselves. And, uh -huh. you know, for a lot of people, that story is not made consciously. It's made unconsciously and like reactively to those formative experiences in life. So when people have like a story that tells them that they are, you know, basically smaller than they think they are or not worthy or any of these kind of things, they can be unaware of it and then find, you know, a situation where they basically sabotage these things because they don't feel like they're ready for it or they don't deserve it. Or, you know, any of these things when you have like consciously, you know, you want something, you know, it would be good for you, but unconsciously there's so much resistance and fear um, and anxiety and all of this sort of stuff around this thing, because it's not congruent with the identity. And what yeah. people need to pursue at that point is that that change of identity, um, shifting that identity and reauthoring that story to allow for, you know, alignment between who you are and what it is that you're choosing to do instead of just, you know, trying to basically deal with that or, overcome it or work harder to overcome the way they feel, you know, or just like pretend they don't feel like an imposter, you know, or all these sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's a great point called, and I think it's probably worth, yeah, just acknowledging that um, everyone does have that feeling because it is, mm. you know, it's feelings it's are at high levels. Transient. Oh, especially at high levels. Yeah. I mean, yeah. especially at high levels. I was watching this um, video about this one venture capitalist and uh, he was just like, you know, um, I try and be like, uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and Larry Page, but, you know, these guys have like $300 billion and I've only got 1.5, 1. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And so he's like, I'm just the, you know, the shit billionaire in the room, you know what I mean? So it's like, it doesn't really, it doesn't really stop. And, you know, you, then you get like the people who've got one New York Times bestseller, just like, oh, I've only had one, you know, it's like, it was yeah. only in the top 10. I didn't hit number one, you know, I didn't have three. So it just doesn't stop. It, it relates more to like the personality than, um, you know, mm -hmm. or, or certain, as you say, it relates more to a story. Who are you in the room? Are you the little guy in the room? Are you the big guy in the room? Um, mm -hmm. And that frame is going to, you know, constantly stay there. Um, but totally, I think probably, yeah, the worst thing you can do is ignore that feeling and, and just sort of let yourself suffer through it. I think imposter syndrome is something you should really uh, you mm -hmm. know, try and uh, resolve yeah. because it is probably the highest form of, um, you know, self-sabotage really yes. in, in most yeah. cases. Self-resentment almost, you know, that's it's basically like if you ignore it, what ends up happening is it just stays the same, but you end up in situations where inevitably what you're doing will build momentum. You'll find yourself in more situations where you're, you know, doing that thing that you feel like an imposter to be doing, and it's just going to escalate. And if you can yeah. basically acknowledge that you have imposter syndrome, you can try to find out why, like where they could be coming from, you know, what story you could have, not judging the story. You know, because you're going to look, what's going to happen is you're going to find out what the story is, whether it's through like coaching and meditation or some psychotherapy or whatever it happens to be. And it's going to sound ridiculous and illogical and kind of silly, like it's written by a child, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and of course, you're going to feel like an imposter having that story, but living the life you have. But it's, you know, it's that sort of deepest depth of depth psychology kind of work you can do. 
that's going to change the way you feel in every moment, that moment to moment, you know, it's going to allow for, you know, happiness in what you're doing and basically shift what is a self-resentment to a self, at least acceptance, mm -hmm. uh, which is going to obviously affect everything you do and like how people feel around you, you know, just basically change that focus from, you know, I'm not good enough to, I'm doing what I need to do to help other people or to with my purpose or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, um, just part of, part of the game, but, um, mm. there's a lot of ways, there's a lot of ways around it. I mean, I, we did a um, workshop with, um, a friend and coach, um, Lindsay Briner last week. And, um, that was a lot about sort of intergenerational, you know, patterns and trauma. And really you could call all these things stories and essentially frames of how you feel about yourself in relation to the world, which you feel are true, but are actually kind of just a subjective interpretation mm. of that. Um, yeah. And, uh, one of the th other things that you can kind of do, it takes a little bit more time and work is to essentially transcend all sense of narrative self. So you can obviously do all of the work, you can understand the story and you can do that. That'll kind of, in, in my experience, it sort of, you know, extinguishes or relinquishes those stories and those the, from, from some of the power they hold on you. You know what I mean? It kind of like lets mm -hmm. you know where you need to bring a hammer to, you know, break free from some of these, you know, shackles. Yeah. Um, and then to really, you know, smash it, you can do sort of self-transcendent practices, which will start to, um, you know, let you just identify less with your sense of narrative self, with your egoic self, with mm. your story. Um, and these sorts of things will, yeah, just create a bit of distance between that, that narrative and that separation. So, you know, those stories, you can kind of watch them play, but you don't identify with them as much. And that's a delicate and challenging state to live in <laughs> for a yeah. lot of reasons. <laughs> because uh, you can kind of go into no story mode where you're just like, uh oh, you know, yeah, a character without I a story am. is not. Therefore I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Therefore I am. I'm nothing. I'm everything, you know, but if you can get, you know, somewhat elevated above your old stories and somewhat, you know, coherently, you know, located in a, in a more empowering story, then you're, you're going to be fine. But I think for, for someone listening to this experiencing imposter syndrome, I'd probably, my, my 80, 20 of it would be if you spend a lot of time with your, early friends and family, no matter how you are now, they're always going to see you how they first saw you. And your family is always going to see you as someone that used to crap their pants for like the first seven years they knew them or whatever it was, you know what I mean? And couldn't even eat properly. So it's like, you know, I've just kind of relinquished the fact that no matter how, you know, no matter what, it's like, you know, my, my older, my family is never really going to take what I say seriously because I'm the baby in the family. And it's like, no matter how smart I get, I'm still the baby in the family to them. Mm -hmm. um, that is a frame and a story, which is just kind of going to, you know, be that way, which is totally fine. You can kind of make peace with that, but mm -hmm. that isn't then obviously the, the source of where you find your, you know, your authority yeah. um, because other people, you know, who meet you as a, an adult, as a professional, as an expert, are going to see you as an adult, as a professional, as an expert. So I think part of it is probably, um, in my experience, that's certainly the 80, 20 of it, that, and then don't spend too much time with people who are, you know, also at the same level as you try and find people who haven't, who are, who are beginners and help them out. And you'll find that your, you know, your expertise feels much more valued. Mm, mm, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I know in our coaching and just in general, our courses and stuff, imposter syndrome comes up almost more than anything else. Uh, especially if you count all the various forms it shows up as, you know, that all they, all they really have in common. So I think, yeah, just to sum up like the, basically the phases of it is like phase one, accepting with the self, like the imposter syndrome and what that actually looks like for you and how that affects you, how much effort things require because of that, how that, how that limits you. Step two is gaining some level of like flexibility around that narrative self, uh, doing things that are outside that comfort zone, figuring out what that story is, getting some creative destruction in terms of like breaking that story apart and realizing it's not true. 
uh, but not going so far that you're into that whole I am all things kind of state. And then at some point being really conscious about reauthoring that story. So in terms of like, you know, what do I want and who do I need to be in order to get that? What story do I need to have in really reverse engineering it from the outcome? You know, what beliefs would someone who could accomplish what I want to do have? You know, what story would they believe about themselves and about the world? And then really just conditioning yourself to be that way because you have that choice uh, rather than just sort of playing with the hand that you were dealt, playing with the one that you, you know, deal yourself to get really what you want so you can have your best interests in mind um, and do it in a really conscious way. Um, it's something that we deal with a lot. So hopefully that helps a lot of people um, with overcoming imposter syndrome. And I appreciate you guys coming on for this one and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Adios. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Higher Development Podcast. If you want to access free resources and go deeper with us, head to highdevelopmentpodcast.com. As a special thanks for listening to each new episode, we continually update this site with podcast notes, exclusive discounts, free courses, you name it. And as an added bonus, this is where you can submit any questions you may have for myself, Gavin, or any of our featured guests. So what you learn doesn't have to end here. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and we look forward to seeing you in the next one.